I would like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan branch. I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell, and the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, <clears throat> excuse me, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible rendering of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. 
we have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or sign, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit, excuse me, self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given into salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. 
Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Dewan Nelson, followed by scripture, which will be Psalms, the 133rd division, read by Sister Mariah Lewis. Dr. Nelson. Dr. Nelson? Good evening, class. <clears throat> May we all borrow our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer unto our Father Yahweh. Heavenly Father Yahweh, thank you for your mercy. Thank you again for allowing us to sit here on these seats, listening and partaking of this great gospel. We ask that this evening that you clear our mind and purge us from all of the physical and worldly things and distractions so that we may hear the true gospel of the Messiah this evening and that we may be edified and that our body spiritually may be nourished. We thank you for all of the peace. We thank you for all of the mercy. And we thank you for your great power that you have delivered us from death, hell, and the grave. We continue to always honor and serve only you, Yahshua, only you. And if be your will, we continue that to the end of this, end of this world and beyond. All of these prayers we like to say in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that, that prayer, will, I'm sorry, the scripture will actually be read by Madison Lewis. <laughs> I wanted to give her another name. I don't know why. Okay, Maddie, you're up. <laughs> Good evening. I will be reading from the Holy Name Bible containing the Old and New Testament, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by the A.D. Trina and the Scripture Research Association reprinted by Yahshua Promotions, that Psalms 133rd Division. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious omen 
upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as dew of Hermon, and dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there Yahweh commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. That's Psalm 133rd Division. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Nelson, for the prayer and Dr. Madison Lewis for the scripture reading. That was a good job, Madison. We really enjoyed that. And we want to once again thank everyone for coming out to visit with us today. We're always happy to see you and to have you and to have our visiting brethren visiting with us from around the world. Thank you so much. And we are so grateful Yahweh invited you to come back. And for our, before I uh, announce our first speaker, we'd like to remind everyone to please keep your microphones muted unless you're called to speak or read, and to also keep your video turned off as not to distract anyone. And once again, we call on volunteers to read. So if Yahweh moves you to read and you know the scripture, go ahead and get it and begin to read. And for our first speaker of the evening, if she's able to speak, we'd like to call Dr. Mary Taylor. Dr. Taylor. Give her a moment, she might be at work. I, th I believe she is at work. So thank you, Dr. Taylor. We, we appreciate it. We know you're probably working. And for our next speaker of the evening, we're happy to call from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Rhonda Walker. Dr. Walker. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. <clears throat> okay, great, great. I'm sorry, <laughs> trying to get this phone to act right is not working very well with me today, but hopefully everyone can hear me, you know, well enough. Um, I would like to just first start by saying it is an honor and a pleasure to have anything to say about my Heavenly Father. Um, it is definitely a blessing and an honor to be a part of this great gospel more far beyond my belief. And it, it's just wonderful what Yahshua shows us, what Yahweh shows us, you know, just in a physical, just in a physical realm. And if we can get Romans um, 1 and 19, and that'd be great. Because Yahweh, he, he shows us himself through everything that is made. And also, um, get over there where it says um uh Yahweh I think it's in Genesis Yahweh created it without him without Elohim there was nothing that was made that was made <clears throat> that's uh you want Romans first or John yes I want the Romans first please it's Romans 1 and 19 because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them for Yahweh have showed it unto them <clears throat> for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature, 
so that they are without excuse. And that is beautiful because as we look around each and every day, we see the evidence of his ever presence. We, we, we see that. You know, you can look out at the trees and you can, <laughs> you can look at the water, the way it flows and all of this and how our bodies go according to it. And, it, and it's so funny because I've been reading over here in volume three of the textbook and I'm trying to actually find one particular portion. Um, but go ahead with John, please. It's John 1 and I'll start at 1. <laughs> In the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. Okay, so the word was Yahweh. And, and that's one of the things that <clears throat> is so funny. And I might bounce around a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've just had, I've been reading a lot and there's just so much that's been going through my mind and my heart, you know, just bear with me just for a little bit. I won't be before you long. We'll go ahead and continue. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, this is the second verse. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So every everything, even us, we he made us. We think we really did something sometimes, you know. At least I I, I did, you know. I, I, I'm one of my previous jobs you know, because I had, you know, this little idea of, hey, I got this title, you know, it, it's just like with Paul on the road to Damascus, he'll knock you off your high horse, you know, when you get to thinking that you're really somebody, and you're really doing something, and you're not doing anything, Yahweh is doing it all, to start to understand that is an incredible feeling, and I'm telling you, it, it, he's been really, really, dealing with me with that, making me understand, you know, that I, I'm not actually in control of it. You know, if I'd have had things my way, I'd have a million dollars in my bank account right now, but I don't. But I have something worth way more. You know, it, it, the, the, the riches of this world, and, and can someone get that one, the riches of this world, because I, I just want to make sure I'm quoting it. You know that so you people can see that yeah, I'm not just we're not just speaking out the side of our neck. This is there. It, it's it's written. This is his word. And it, it was a time that I didn't even know what the word was. I thought the word was that book that I carried around all the time. What did you want exactly? Um, where it says the riches of the world can't be compared. Oh, the things of this world. Yes things of this world. I'm sorry. That's okay. <clears throat> mm. no, that's not it. I think that is Romans. Yes. Romans what? 8. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Romans 8 and um, 18, it looks like it is. And, and while she's getting that, um, can someone get page 74? Uh, volume three, page 74 of the Elohim book. That's Romans 8 and 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time 
are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Yeah. So, so, so we have a glory that's coming to us, but we also abide up, up, up under the spiritual law. So, you know, even the riches and glory is not by our doing. We are predestined. I get whom he predestined, um, the, the verses say whom he predestined and he determinate, predestined. I'm getting a little jumbled up because like I said, it, it's been a lot that's been going through my, Yahweh's been giving me a whole lot of food lately. I'm getting, you know, he's filling me up. But um, if someone has that uh, page 74 of volume three of the Elohim book, I just want that one paragraph, that first paragraph on that page, because that really blew me away this morning as I was reading it, you know, the way that not only are we creating this image, not only does he give us proof and evidence, he gives it to us in all kinds of ways. And I thought this was really pretty the way he gave this. What does the uh, first sentence say? I got it. The infant in the womb is right. also under the Ten Commandment law. I got it if you want me to read it. That'd yeah. be perfect. Bring it up on the screen. So go ahead. The infant in the womb is also under a Ten Commandment law. Or it is incarcerated in the womb for 280 days or 10 lunar, lunar months, 40 weeks. Now, and I might interject a little bit. Now, that is so funny that he used the word incarcerated. Can someone get the definition of that word incarcerated? Okay, hold on one second. And I might be able to get it myself too. But I, I really want to pinpoint on that. Incarcerate, which is the root word, mm -hmm. put in prison to subject to confinement. So, so, so that infant is confined, confined. It's subjected to that mother's womb for an allotted amount of time. You know, now I know they have all kinds of things like cesareans that you can get now. You know, you, you want to have your baby early, but but that's not conducive. That's not according to the law. See, even the infant, the fetus, is subject to that spiritual law. Go ahead and continue to read um, in the Elohim book, please. While in the womb these 10 months, it is developed or directed according to an infallible spirit law that makes its, its growth proceed along a certain predetermined course that will ensure a perfectly formed baby at the expiration of this time period. Now, see? Now, who's doing this? Yahweh's doing this. That baby's in that womb. No, nobody has to tell that baby. You, it's time for you to grow your heart. It's time for your. It's time for you to grow your lungs. The mom, the mother, as that child is even growing right within that mother's womb, the mother cannot speak to her womb and say, "Okay, baby, it's it's time for your your feet to grow. It's time for your nails to grow. It's time for your heart to grow, or anything like that." We, we, we do nothing. Go ahead and continue. Man does not have anything to do with this direction. Nothing. Another one of the, excuse me, another one of the without hands affairs. So seeing, yeah. that, so seeing that the fetus is commanded to act in accord with the law of its, its development during the 10 months that it is in, in the womb, it is virtually under a Ten Commandment law, as though a law went forth each month to direct its development. See what I'm saying? 
So each mom, basically a law went forth and say it, it wasn't the mom that the, the, the fetus was housed in that told that fetus, hey, it's time to grow this. It's time mm -hmm. to grow that. No, that was Yahweh that said, okay, it is at this appointed time that this is going to happen. It is at that appointed time that that is going to happen. And it is unerring. Every single one of us have came in the same way. All of us has come with our head down. Right. Every last one of us. You know, unless you was a breach, baby, but even then, you still had to, had to do an exodus. You still had to do a coming down, a coming out. Right. Go ahead. Um, all right. We are no longer, therefore, under the Ten Commandment law of Moses, but under the law of the spirit of life, which was in Yahshua the Messiah. And we are led and controlled by this law of the spirit, Holy Spirit, which is in us and directs us unerringly. Okay. And, and that's perfectly. That, that's, that's perfect. That's enough of that one. But yeah, it does. It, it directs us unerringly. Yahweh makes no mistakes. Every single thing that happens in this life, every move you make, every breath you take, every blink of your eye, every twitch of your elbow, even your arthritis. Yeah, I got arthritis in my hand. Even that, all of it is dictated by Yahweh and according to his purpose, pattern, and plan, not by our own will. And um, do you have that home meet your destiny? I, had, I think I had that hill. What was it? The the whom he pre, uh, whom he prede predestinated. I um, had it. Okay, go ahead. You have it. Okay. Romans eight and twenty nine. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that mm -hmm. he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Mm hmm. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And okay, now, he, now, I'm sorry, I just want to go back a little bit. Now, whom he predestinated, he did what? He, he called them, right? Yes. Read that part again. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Now, wasn't, wasn't all of us called by name into this gospel? It was, it was some vessel that Yahweh used to show us or call out to us and say, hey, come check this out. Come, come, come see what I'm saying to you. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing to be called by name. I like to all, I always like to tell the story about how, you know, I came to class, you know, my brother would, you know, how because I was, I was such a heavy church goer, you know, you couldn't tell me nothing about my sweet Jesus. And he would just every week, you know, he wasn't like hounding me, but just every week, it was always an imitation every week. And the one week he did not, and I was prepared for him that week. Cause I was going, I was going like, I, I was like, you know what? And it's so funny how it happened because I was thinking about it prior to his visit. And I was geared up to be like, okay, when he, as soon as he asked me, I was going to be like, yeah, I'm coming. And that week he did not ask me. And that was the week. I asked him, I say, you know what? Yeah, I want to go. I, I told him I want to go. And his eyes just got really, really big. And that's that's the beauty. See, Yahweh calls out to us and we also have to reach out to him. Mm -hmm. 
we, we have to reach out to him too. We can't just sit around and it, it's like just sitting in your living room and never going to work saying, oh, Yahweh going to provide, but, you, but you're not getting up and going to work. You're not doing anything. You, you, you have to, you have to do, you have to, you have to do something, but you don't have to do like, like it was saying with the 10 commandment laws, you know, you don't have to do physical sacrifices. You have to worship him in spirit and in truth. And matter of fact, give me that. Cause I want to make sure that we are getting this out of the, the, the Bible. So people know that this is not something that we're just making up. These are the words that were, that spake. John four and 24. Yahweh is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In, in, in what? In, in sacrifices and offerings? No. In, in, in communions and, you know, continuing on the supper that was supposed to have been the last one? No. Taking juice and crackers and, you know, communion first of the, every month, and, which is really incredible because you're doing it every month. The, the Passover was once a year that the, the passover was once and then what's it what's the one i'm, I'm looking for um when the high priest went up the, once the day, day of atonement. atonement yes that was only done once a year when yashua sat with his disciples and said take eat my body this is my body this is my blood you take and eat that was the last supper that that was the last supper and like, like, you know, some members say, you know, nowadays people want to make it the everlasting supper. Mm. But it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to first be able to see or either way, either way, you know, Yahweh gives it to us however he wants. It can be first to know and then to see or because everything is threefold. So it's here, know, and see. You hear Yahweh's voice. You see Yahweh's creation. And then you begin to know Yahweh by these things. Because okay. that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. Because the, and, and they're without excuse. You can look at your own physical body and see that you are not without excuse. You have those three parts of everything. Everything has that threefold. And it goes according to that tabernacle pattern. You got your head cavity, your chest cavity, your abdominal cavity, you know, that, that's one unit because Yahweh is a unity, not a trinity. You know, you have your, your hand, your arm, your forearm and your upper arm. You have your, your foot, your leg and your, and your thigh. You know, everything goes to the threefold pattern. Even with trees, you got your leaves, you got your branch and you got your trunk. Or even if you want to take it, you know, because leave, the leaves will fall off, which only testifies to the death, burial and residence direction but then you can say you got your branches you got your trunk and you got your roots so there's no way you can escape the threefold pattern there's no way you can escape Yahweh there's no way that you can get around him because we are all encompassed right within his pure spirit Yahweh is pure spirit the substance source limits and bounds of everything of all things created in and outside of this earth See, we, we as humans tend to have a finite mind. All we know is what we see right in front of us and what we hear right next to us. But are we really paying attention to what we're looking at and what we're hearing and what is being spoken to us on our insides, right and within our spirit? Um, did I have another scripture out there? No. 
no, that, that was all. Okay, well, then I'll just, you know, I'll quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> but um, I, I, I just, I, I really admonish everyone just to continue on with this great gospel, no matter how hard it gets. You know, you never know what another brethren is going through or just another human being in general is going through. And we are charged with the responsibility in knowing this gospel to share it with whomever Yahweh allows us to, because it is such a life-changing thing. And just because we're in the gospel don't mean our life's going to be sugar sweet or easy at all. We're going to still go through things. We're still going to get beaten down because we are persecuted all the day long. Mm-hmm. For his name's sake, all the day long. So we're gonna go through some things. People are gonna look at us like, oh yeah, you got Yahweh and all of this. Then you, why, why your house don't look better than that? Why your, why your car be breaking down on you? You know, why you struggling to pay your rent? Or, or you know, why they threatening to cut off a utility bill? Or so, uh, you know, on a utility or any of these things? Because we are still human. We're in this flesh, and as long as we're in this flesh, we are gonna suffer the persecutions and the rigorousness of this world and this life until that instantaneous revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. And I'm just so thankful that he gave me an opportunity to know something about him. And one thing I do know for sure, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest on scriptures or everything like that, but I know that he gives me the words to speak, whatever it is I speak, and that he is my life and my salvation and my only hope of a mortal glorification. Mm. And I'm thankful for the knowledge that he has given me, no matter how hard things can get sometimes. And like I said, just brethren, stay encouraged, you know, love each other and continue on in this great gospel because in the end, it is worth more than these physical things we have on this earth. Mm. And with those few words, I would just like to say, I love you all and hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Walker, for that beautiful testimony. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Jarnice Bivens. Dr. Bivens? Good evening, class. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Um. Um, uh, it's a um, good evening. Uh, I'm glad to be able to be a part of class again today. I'm thankful that um, class has been able to continue because I have um, been able to grow a lot more uh, in my studies of Yahshua the Messiah and uh, every day he is becoming more real to me. Um, uh, like the previous speaker was saying, you know, this truth, it, it just, it, it just brings peace. And um, even though we still have trials in this life, it's a little easier to accept those trials um, knowing that, first of all, we're not going through it alone, that we know that once we accepted Yahshua as our 
um, Lord and Savior and our salvation, that he promised that he would never leave us alone or forsake us. So that in itself is a little peace, a little solve for whatever you're going through. Um, like she said, you know, it doesn't stop us from having bills and the physical things of this world, but the spiritual things that are Yahweh Elohim, our strength, which is Joshua, our foundation, which is Joshua, the, the spirit, the, the attributes of the spirit that we gain, um, you know, it says that you have to let Yahshua, you know, clean out those, clear out those <clears throat> things of the world. Um, those things that brought you doubt and confusion. Um, now I have, I have wisdom and I have knowledge and intelligence of my creator, which is, the truth, which I've gained through the truth of this gospel that um, Yahweh Elohim himself gave to Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley. And I truly believe that there is no way that anyone could come up with all the truths that are just evidence that our creator is real. When you look at your face and you see that Y and that A that your nose make up and that H in your mouth, it's undeniable. And I remember that was one of the things that kept me coming to class, that word irrefutable. It's irrefutable. Can somebody give me the definition of irrefutable? Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you ready? The wise in creation, the wise in your hand, the wise in your veins, the wise. It's just. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have to get beat over the head with it. I believe it is the truth. And since I have accepted him, no, everything has not been roses or all good, but I still have peace. Even in traffic jams, I still have peace because I know I'm not riding by myself. And I also accept that maybe it's something up there that I don't need to be involved in. So I, I just look at things a lot different mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for all my brothers and sisters who continue to <laughs> Um, help me to understand and help me, Yahshua, to enlighten me to who he really is. I'm so grateful because this gospel was pureed, smooth, and easy and palatable for me. And I'm just grateful for it because I know that it was the, the painstaking care that my, my big brothers and sisters are doing it. I'm so grateful to you guys. I'm grateful to you guys who reached out to me, um, Felicia and, and um, Mr. Dr. Walker. I'm so grateful to you guys. Your, your cards, they were right 
what I needed right on time and I uh, haven't had a chance to respond, but you are always in my heart and my mind, keeping me inspired to go on and to keep learning and just keep looking for him. I look for him and I look for Yahweh in everything in, that I go through now. And I'm not afraid anymore because I know that if something does happen that is a negative, I know that that's only for a little while. That's a death. And it's going to get buried in Yahshua and he's going to resurrect me out of it. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I only know that from the vision and revelation that Dr. Kinley um, gave and the, the truth and accurateness that it was given to me. Um, the, I love the, the tapes and the sound clouds where I get to hear Dr. Kinley's voice myself and everything that I was told from the beginning, he, I heard him say with his own words and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, I was believing already so that I could even get to the point where I could um, have the strength that it gives, it gave me to hear his words and uh, I'm thankful for just every little knowledge that I get because I know every truth is Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua talking to me because I know he doesn't have a body so he has to use other people and I understand that I want him to use me like that too. I want to be able to say something to somebody that might make them want to just investigate him. Because I know that it's not me, it's Yahshua in me. And I just want that to grow. And I want that for everybody that I know. Uh, and I know that that means that I have to get it. I have to understand that Yahshua is real and he has operation going on here. And knowing that operation is what's gonna give me the strength to make it through these last days. That's gonna give us, all of the sons, the strength to make it through whatever it is that's gonna happen, um, that happens daily. Um, because we have to get through the everyday. That's what he charges us with and we're, gonna continue until he says it's enough and his will is enough for me um i'm uh continuing to uh hold my brothers and sisters in prayers that have um lost loved ones but i know that we are one spirit we are one spirit in yashua so me talking to yashua you know that I'm holding you in my arms, in my heart, and in my mind. Mm -hmm, it's okay.
Dr. Bivens, if you're talking, we can't hear you. You may have lost your connection. We still can't hear you. Just give her a second. Nope, still can't hear you. I can just tell you're trying to talk because you're lighting up, but no, we can't hear you. Okay, give me one second to call back in. Okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Um, thank you, Dr. Bivens. We really did enjoy that. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Andre McDaniel. Dr. McDaniel. Good evening to the class. Uh, I like to say I enjoyed the first previous two speakers. Mm -hmm. uh, all praises go to Yashua. Uh, to go to Yahweh, Elohim, to Yashua, the Messiah, our Savior, and Sovereign. Uh, right now, I'm working, so I won't have much to say, but it, it's always a beauty to have anything, to know anything to say for a surety about your Creator and not happen to be guessing about it. And if you are in the wind of something about it, all you have to do is just ask him within yourself. And in his time, he will reveal the answer to you. That's right. And it'll be like a light bulb that comes from out of nowhere, like the cartoon, just off in your head. And I'm starting, and I start to say to myself, when I get them, well, I heard somebody say it's not, Ah, yeah, moment, and <laughs> which is kind of funny, but when I get the moments, it's like that hamster in, that, in my head is spinning on that wheel again, and it's, it gets the the brain to work, and it gets that confidence and that faith going. And only in Yahshua Messiah, not in no man, not in no dean, not in no speaker, because it's the Holy Spirit that is truly moving through the sons, and. If you are in this class, you are in the right place to be, and there is no other place to be. And just keep coming to class, keep the faith in Yahshua. And these trials and tribulations come, they're gonna be hard, but hold your head up and ask Yahshua to walk you through it, or just to pick you up and carry you through it, because that's really what's happening anyway. Okay. So these few words, if anybody got anything from it, all praises and glory go to, go to Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. McDaniel. That was pretty short but sweet, like that. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call also from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Barbara Brazil. Dr. Brazil, hopefully you're able to unmute. She couldn't unmute. Uh, I just got a text from a from a issue she had Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No worries. I start six on your phone, bro. Just hit star six, like you're dialing. If you can't do that, then we'll move on. 
Looks like she's still having trouble with Okay. Okay. No worries. Well, we'll get you there, uh, Dr. Brazil. Don't worry. No worries. We'll get you there. Okay. We'll move on. And for our, our next speaker, we're happy to call Dr. Sasha Rikmalovich, the vice president of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. Or is it president, Sasha? It's uh, president. Okay. <laughs> but good evening, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here, happy to be a part of the class and uh, of the gospel of Yasha the Messiah and to share things which Yasha has shown to me. Uh, I did enjoy uh, the uh, testimonies of the previous uh, speakers, very unfortunate. There were some technical uh, difficulties, so uh, some people were not able to uh, finish the discourse. Uh, in the beginning, I would like to convey to you, brethren, uh, best regards from the brothers uh, in uh, Crimea, Russia. Every time I talk to them, they ask me to send best regards to the brethren in the United States, mm -hmm. which I'm happy to do. So it was a, a lot of different things brought up already uh, today during the class. and. Uh, thank you. I will. I, I see the message. I will send them love from you as well. Um, so I was thinking about which direction to go. And what I think I will uh, try to do is try to work with the scripture reading a little bit, which is Psalm mm -hmm. 133. So mm -hmm. let's go to Psalms 133. But you know what? Every speaker was talking um, about, although they didn't quote the Psalms 133, pretty much it was talking about the same thing. It was talking about unity of our Heavenly Father and uh, talking about uh, unity and peace uh, being in the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. It's all really one and the same unified story. We are, we are talking about. So let's go to Psalms 133. Mm -hmm. That's Psalms 133rd division. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Yeah, that's pretty much the first uh, verse I would like uh, mm -hmm. to talk about. It's talking about how good and how pleasant it's for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a prophecy. Mm -hmm. It's really a prophecy about what's, uh, what's going to happen after the day of Pentecost and what's happening with us in this class. So let me say it's this way. That's what's happening in the body of Yahshua the Messiah. Because in the body of Yahshua, the Messiah, there is a unity and uh, we are all unified. And Yahshua, when he was um, on the earth plane uh, during his ministry, he was praying the father about the same thing because before 
uh, his death, burial, and resurrection. There was no uh, unity there, and I will try to give you an example about it. But let's go and see what uh, uh, Yasho was uh, saying. I'll need 17th chapter of John, and uh, there are many places we can pick it up. The old chapter is, well, let's, let's start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. 17 and 1. Mm -hmm. John 17 and 1. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Right, so Yahshua is praying to his father and uh, uh, he's uh, saying that Yahweh or the father gave him the power uh, to give eternal life to everybody in the world. No. No, it doesn't say that. He said as many as uh, the no. father has given to him. So it's not, you know, for everybody. Yahweh has selected or elected, I should say, you know, a, a group of people, not based on anybody's particular merit, but uh, just based on uh, his predetermined plan as it was already uh, brought up uh, during this class. Uh, for it's, it's, uh, it's not by works which uh, any of us have done, but it's solely by his grace. Continue on. Mm -hmm. Third verse, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true El, and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. So in the eternal life, it's to know the Father and the Son, or to be in unity, with the Father and the Son, or united by the same understanding, by the true understanding. It was brought up already John 4 and 24. We need to worship the Father in the spirit and in uh, truth. Uh, continue on. Mm -hmm. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Right, so Yahshua saying that he manifested the name of the Father. Unto, again, unto the man which you have given me out of this world. He didn't manifest the name into the whole world. So what do I mean by that? You know, the whole world can know that his name is Yahweh. It's in the, in the dictionaries, in the encyclopedias. It's more and more uh, known to people that his true name is Yahweh. But he revealed this name only to those 
who he has uh, chosen. And, uh, you know, if you look at the world in general, people, and I'm talking about religious as well as non-religious people, they're all divided. There is no unity. They divided about the name of the father. Oh, his name is Jehovah. No, his name is the Lord. Who cares what his name is? And uh, even when they say that his name is Yahweh, they really don't glorify his name as the Yahweh. They just use it as one of the names of God. They, they publish books, you know, so many, many names of God, mm-hmm. you know. They don't have give glory uh, to his name. Uh, so it's, it's really, it's, you know, he is unifying you know, the brethren it's, uh, in the unity or those who he has uh, chosen. Mm-hmm. Continue on, please. Mm-hmm. Um, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they, they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Right, it's, a, it's another reinforcement of the same thought that he is not praying for the whole world, but he is praying only for those who Father has given uh, to him, you know, or for those who will be called his children, or for those who will have the love of the truth and will have his uh, Holy Spirit. You know, while I'm on this train of thought because I may uh, forget it later on. Again, uh, it's simple, simple example. And we talked about Romans 1, 19 and 20 that the physical things uh, explain or reveal uh, spiritual things. We are talking about unity in, uh, you know, unity of the brethren. So what is uh, unified people? Let's say if I have, if I hold in my hand a bottle without any label uh, with a liquid in this bottle, and I will ask 100 people what's in my bottle, and the people will have all different kinds kinds of opinion what's in there. But when I say, well, this is, you know, the water, this is ice mountain water, let's say. And uh, these people who accept the truth, who know the truth, they will be unified because the truth is one. The truth unifies and the opinions or lies or errors are many. And they are divided because they say, this is water, this is juice, this is one drink, this is another drink, you know, as many opinions, as many divisions. And the same thing, you know, in the religious world, 
you know, there is only one truth about our Heavenly Father. Only one uh, true gospel, and Paul is talking about it's one spirit, one father, one baptism. But there are many different opinions about it. If you look up uh, how many uh, uh, different uh, opinions, or I should say denominations or fractions just in, uh, in Christianity, I think the last time I looked, it was 45,000, 45,000 uh, different uh, denominations of Christians based on the same book called the Bible. But there is no unity between them. And you know it, there is no unity between Muslims and Christians. There is no unity in Ireland, for example, between uh, uh, Catholics and Protestants, they kill each other. Mm. There is no unity, doctrinal unity in uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, whatever denomination uh, you can call. Even within Lutherans, I guess, there are, at least in Wisconsin, there are several fractions of uh, Lutherans and there is no unity between them. So this is the truth which unifies uh, people. Continue on, please, in, the, in John 17th chapter. 10th verse, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom, whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I, now, excuse me, and now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word and thy world hath hated and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Yes, and we are, you know, if we really have the spirit of Yahshua the Messiah, it's, uh, we are not in this world. Why? Because we have been translated into a much better world. We have been translated into the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, as we read in Colossians 1.13. So we live in this world, but our affection, it's not for the things of this world because you know, our treasure is in heaven as Yahshua was talking in the, I think in the sixth chapter of uh, Matthew. Uh, continue on please. 15th verse, I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, that thou should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Yes, yeah, so sanctify them or separate them uh, through uh, your word, through the truth. And the truth is the one which unites people. Where, you know, I'm trying to talk about unity of the brethren. And then Yahshua specifically 
talking about the unity uh, further on. Uh, please read. Mm -hmm. And excuse me, 18 verse, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and have loved them as thou hast loved me. Thank you. So I let you read, you know, this scriptures just to show that uh, Yashu is repeating that uh, we are going to be one with him, like he is the one in the Father. And we talked about it already before that our creator is unity. He is one. He is not three different uh, persons in the Godhead. And therefore, when we uh, receive the spirit of Yahshua, the Messiah, after hearing the gospel of our salvation, so we are translated into this kingdom and the spirit of Yahshua is uniting us and we become one uh, with him and in him. Let's read first John third chapter verse one, please. Sorry, that is first John three and one, you said? Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of Yahweh. So, uh, thank you. So I'll, uh, I'll try to some, some, somewhat reproduce the way Dr. Kinley was uh, using this uh, particular verse and he used it many times. He said, what a matter of love our Father bestowed upon us that we should be called Roman Catholics. No. That's what should be called Lutherans. No. That's what should be called Baptists. No. No, because it's all divisions. Mm. There is no unity in Catholics, uh, Lutherans, and Baptists, and so forth. So forth. No. So we shall be called the sons of Yahweh. Mm. And uh, so, from the physical standpoint, you know, we uh, are called uh, like children, you know, of uh, our father and mother. If we have the same, uh, you know, DNA, the same, uh, uh, you know, genetics makeup as our parents, the mm. same way, you know, from the spiritual standpoint, we have a spiritual DNA in us or uh, the Holy Spirit or spirit of Yahshua, the Messiah. 
that's what uh, unites us and makes us the members of his body. He's talking in First Corinthians uh, 12th chapter about it. I don't know if, it, if I will have time to go into it or not. But let me show you what, uh, what happened with us, what, what was happening with us before uh, Yahshua gives, uh, chooses us out of this world and gives us his spirit and uh, makes us one and make us dwell together in unity. What happens before and what happens after? What are the examples in the book? Because we are admonished to go to, uh, you know, to the witnesses mm -hmm. in the book. So let's uh, look at the witness, what's happening before uh, with, the, uh, with the humankind and how the division of humankind and why uh, the humankind was uh, divided. And here I'm talking about the story of the Tower of Babel. I don't know. Yeah, here's the, you have the plate, great, plate 22 of this particular story. So let's read in Genesis uh, chapter 11, mm -hmm. verses from 1 to 9. Mm -hmm. That's Genesis 11 and 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Yeah, sorry for interrupting you. So before, you know, the people were in unity. It was in one uh, speech. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's a manifestation of unity. But then something happened. Okay, mm -hmm. continue on. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they'd had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And Yahweh Elohim came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And Yahweh said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and, and there confound their tongues and their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So Yahweh scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because Yahweh did there confuse the language of all the earth. And from thence did Yahweh scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Thank you. So the people were united. The people had one language. And then something happened which didn't please Yahweh. And he confounded the languages and they wouldn't be able to understand one another. And then the division happened. So they were not in unity any, anymore. And uh, he called the name uh, Babel, Babel. And, and if you look up 
bubble, you will find that it means confusion. So he confused the uh, languages. And that's what happens in the religious world, you know, nowadays it's, uh, it's a modern uh, Babylon or it's a land of confusion because as was already said, you know, they look in the same Bible, but they interpret it in uh, thousands different ways. They have all different languages, so to speak. And uh, basically they don't know the truth about the creator because only the truth can unify the people. Right. But what did happen in the, with the Tower of Babel? So we know that just before that, the flood uh, took place. But uh, Yahweh already told Noah that he is not going to uh, destroy uh, the land with the flood anymore. Mm -hmm. But the people didn't believe it. And they decided to uh, make up uh, the tower going to uh, heaven and to make uh, the name for themselves. So pretty much. They, uh, it's a picture, they're trying to make a way to God or to the creator or to heaven by their own strength, relying on their own effort, on, a, on their own uh, name. So it's uh, interesting here because every detail is interesting. If you notice in the, uh, in the Bible, uh, in the third verse, they say, and they said one to another, go to, let us make brick. And they made a brick for stone. So what's, what's actually wrong with bricks? Do you know that Yahweh doesn't like bricks? Mm -hmm. So uh, Deuteronomy, let's read uh, Deuteronomy 27 verses five and six. So we are in Deuteronomy, we uh, uh, read how Yahweh is asking uh, to make an uh, altar for sacrifices and uh, the specific way he, uh, he is telling people how to do it. Deuteronomy 7 and 5? 27. Oh, I'm sorry. 27. Sorry, give me one second. All right, 20, Deuteronomy 27 and 5. And there, and there shalt thou build an altar unto Yahweh thy Elohim, an altar of stones. Thou shalt not lift up any iron tool upon them. Thou shalt right. build the Continue on. Sorry. Okay. No. Thou shalt build the altar of Yahweh thy Elohim of whole stones, and thou shalt offer burnt offerings thereon unto Yahweh thy Elohim. So. Yahweh commanded to bring the altar with a whole stone and mm. no tool should, uh, uh, should touch, you know, this uh, particular stones. And he's saying it in uh, other places like Exodus chapter 20, verse 25 as well. Mm. And uh, so uh, it's, uh, in the, uh, it's in the law. Let's go to the prophets. Let's go to Isaiah 65. And let's read verses from one to three. Mm -hmm. It says, excuse me, Isaiah 65 and one. And I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. 
I said, behold me, behold me, into a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. A people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face that sanctifieth in gardens and burneth incense upon altars of brick. Yeah, so Yahweh is not pleased with Israel because they burned incense upon the altar of bricks and he doesn't like it because he wants it to be with the uh, untouched stone. So what is the principle? And the principle is simple. You know, the brick is something which is man-made. And the stone is something which is uh, created and provided by Yahweh mm. himself without man's effort. Mm. So it's, the point is, so the salvation or coming to Yahweh, it's not by our own efforts. Mm -hmm. It's not by our own works. It's not by making the bricks or trying to improve on Yahweh, on his stones by using the hewn stones and so forth. And that's what people do, you know, with this Bible verses, you know, because the way to salvation is through Yahshua's uh, sacrifice and what he's done. And he said, I came to fulfill this law and the prophets. So I came to fulfill this 10 commandment law, meaning you are not in your mother's womb anymore. You're supposed to, you know, to live in this world as a, you know, to, as a, a separate human being talking about uh, the first uh, speaker uh, uh, using this uh, example. But so it's not by uh, uh, improving. Uh, so so Yahshua saying, that he came to fulfill this uh, old covenant, but they're trying to improve on his stones and say, well, actually what uh, Jesus really meant to say that he came to institute, he came to institute this water baptism or Lord's Supper, and we have to pretty much make up our way to uh, salvation. There are some religions teaching that you have to be water baptized uh, to be saved. And uh, some saying you don't have to do it for salvation, but you do need to do it to please Yahweh. And the bricks, bricks cannot please Yahweh. Only truth can please him. And that's what this story in um, uh, Genesis 11th chapter with Tower of Babel is uh, uh, showing to us. And uh, they're trying to build their own tower to uh, Yahweh. So they're trying to make the way to salvation, people trying to. Back then and now, through making, so through building up something, through building up you know, their uh, credentials, through helping people, through their good works, they're trying to uh, like achieve uh, a favor before uh, God and they think they will be saved because they are good people going to church, paying 10% uh, 
and do all this kind of um, good works. But the way to Yahweh, it's not from beneath to above, not from building the tower from uh, uh, down upwards. The way to Yahweh is from upwards down, meaning that we have to accept what he, not what we have done or doing, but what he has done. And he came down from the high and lofty state in a physical body as Yahshua the Messiah to die for our sins. So that's how we can be united with him and can be brought to the place of salvation, which is him. It's his spirit and it's his uh, name. Uh, please read Psalms 18 and 2. You probably, you may pick it up at 1. 18 and 2, we'll start at 1. I will love thee, O Yahweh, my strength. Yahweh is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my El my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler right. and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. <laughs> so Yahweh is the high tower. So he is uh, our salvation. Proverbs 18 and 10. That is, excuse me, that's Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of Yahweh is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. So the name of Yahweh is a strong tower. And there is a unity in his name. Uh, it's in knowing the true name of, uh, uh, of uh, our father and uh, our savior. And it was uh, prophesied about it in Zechariah 14 and 9. Mm -hmm. Zechariah 14, okay. 14 and 9. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Elohim and his name one. Yeah, it shall be one Elohim and his name one. And this, I, as I was said, that people are uh, divided about the name. And I'm talking to Russian Christians about the names. And of course, they say, what difference does the name uh, make? And they say, well, it's, uh, you know, if I lived in Israel, I would have called him uh, Yeshua. But, you know, I uh, live in the United States and I will call him Jesus. Mm. Or I live in Russia and I will call him uh, Jesus. That's how they pronounce the name uh, in, uh, uh, in Russia. Well, let me give you one example. Let's see if something comes to mind. Uh, I would like you just to concentrate and to listen to me for uh, probably 10 seconds or less because I will speak in a different tongue right now. И сейчас идут разные дебаты о войне, и никто не знает, как Джо Байден собирается помочь событиям. 
Did you recognize any word from what I was saying? Mm -hmm. Joe Biden. And Joe Biden. But do you know that I actually was speaking in Russian? No. And I, di I didn't use any English words. I just used the name right. of uh, American president, but I was speaking in Russian. So the truth is, and we can all be united in the truth, right. that the names don't change. Mm. They sound, you know, they sound the same in different uh, languages. Mm -hmm. And so going back to the uh, Tower of uh, uh, Babel, Babel about Yahweh using uh, stones for his buildings and not bricks. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, us as a brethren being uh, living in unity uh, with uh, our creator being united. So uh, Peter is given uh, this picture of us being united in the temple mm -hmm. of uh, Yahweh. First Peter two and five, please. Peter two, first Peter two and five. Ye also as lively stones are built upon a spiritual house in holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Yahweh by Yahshua the Messiah. Right, so Peter is uh, using this uh, allegory of the temple mm -hmm. and uh, the believers in the uh, temple being the part of the temple. But did he say like a lively bricks? No. No, he is using like a lovely stones because we have you know those who are in the temple of mm -hmm. Yahweh they have the Holy Spirit of uh, uh, Yahweh or Yahshua and you cannot improve on the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. so it's as a you know Romans 1 19 and 20 it's exemplified by uh, you know by the uh, stones uh, now so that's what happened uh, uh, with the Tower of uh, Babel. And from the Tower of Babel, the, uh, the people were dispersed. They have all different languages. They didn't understand each other. It was a confusion. It was the Babel. But what did happen on the day of Pentecost? So let's read Acts uh, second chapter, because you will see that what happened on the day of Pentecost is the reverse picture. It's actually Yahweh is uniting people or bringing people back to one language. Please okay, you say you want to ask which chapter? Two and one. Chapter, chapter two. Chapter two. two. Two and one, yes. Okay, that's Acts chapter two and one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, why they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Right. So they were united. And uh, so there were people from all different uh, parts uh, uh, of, of the world, of uh, uh, Asia uh, Minor and uh, uh, Israel and uh, other places. So they had all uh, different kind of languages. And they heard, you know, the uh, uh, disciples who were filled with the Holy Spirit and the way united by the Holy Spirit, they start speaking in another tongue. Doesn't mean they start speaking uh, English, Russian, Italian, all these different uh, languages. They will start speaking spiritual language, death, burial, resurrection. They start seeing spiritual uh, things and it was a different language for them. They never spoke before. And, uh, and they were speaking in Hebrew as Dr. Kindy was uh, pointing out. But what happened is people from all different places, the, they heard them and understood what they were speaking about. It was like uh, instantaneous translation uh, by the spirit, you know, what was said into their own language. It's like um, when you have like international uh, symposium and if you have like a computer translator uh, instant instantaneously translating, let's say what uh, uh, Japanese uh, uh, minister is saying, they will translate into languages of all different kind of people. But you know, the point is that the people, it's through the spirit, you know, this unification is happening. And now they are able to understand each other and to be united. And then we read in the end of the second chapter that the 3000 people, you know, received the Holy Spirit or became one with uh, uh, Yahshua and uh, Yahweh as Yahshua was uh, prophesying and praying in the 17th chapter of uh, John. And uh, so we, that's how unity is happening. And what's, what binds us, you know, we, you know, we in this class, we have all different kind of backgrounds. We have different ages. We have, um, uh, we came from different countries. And, uh, you know, if uh, I may like uh, music, for example, and uh, another brother from class doesn't like this particular music, but that's not what unites us. It's not what we like and don't like in the flesh. What binds us, it's what we like or love in the spirit. And we all love our creator. We all love our savior. We are bound or connected by love of Yasha. I think it's Colossians 2 and um, 1. One and two. Colossians one and two. 
Uh, I'll start at one. Paul, an apostle of Yahshua the Messiah by the will of Yahweh and Timothy, our brother. To the son. Uh, I'm sorry, I probably misspoke. Colossians 2, 1 and 2. Okay, Colossians 2 and 1. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Lacedia, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, through the acknowledgement of the mystery of Yahweh, and of the Father, and of Yahshua. Thank you. So we are knit together. We are dwelling in unity as brethren, being knit together or joined together in love of Yasha. And if we, if it's a truly love of Yasha in us, when we, and sometimes it does happen when we disagree on even on some doctrinal uh, issues, because some people have. Uh, uh, you know, different levels of understanding. We treat each other with love, with kindness, with gentleness, because it's all, you know, the fruits of the spirit of Yahshua, the Messiah. Right. So uh, thank you for your attention and uh, praise be to Yahshua. Oh, oh. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you so much, Dr. Rikmanovich, really. Enjoy that and gave me a lot of notes. Got, got some homework to do. And uh, for our next speaker, we're happy to call on from our Southfield, Michigan branch, our Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. I wanna start off by saying I enjoyed the previous speaker tremendously. And I appreciate the fact that they spread the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah in everything that they talked about and everything they did. It was to point up to the fact that we do have a savior and he is alive and he's well. And um, uh, I appreciate his Sasha and the scripture he got about um, every man uh, understood them speaking in his own tongue for years in this class that had me scratching my head. And as Yasha, uh, Sasha had made mention of, I thought that they, uh, all the people that were there from Rome heard him in Italian, heard him speak Italian. And all the people that were there from uh, Africa had heard him speaking in Africa, just as an example, in some type of African language. And everybody that was there from someone else, when they were from Greece, or they were they heard him in Greek speaking, see, but they all understood him, even though they weren't uh, uh, of the same language. But then Dr. Kenley went through in, uh, in a very decisive and dedicated manner, explained to them that uh, the, the language that they spoke in was Hebrew because those were Jews. Now, if you go back to that scripture that Sasha has, it says that they were devout men uh, of the Jewish nation, I think it refers to that. Can somebody go back to that scripture? Yeah, that was um, Acts, the second chapter, I believe. So that's Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I want you to go up, uh, I'll go up. is that the beginning of it? Yeah, that was. Okay, that. go ahead, keep reading. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mm -hmm. Now listen, now, now they, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Go ahead, read. Mm -hmm. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now watch, now they're talking to these Jews. See, you have to remember they're talking to the Jews, mm -hmm. devout men. Say from every nation. Mm -hmm. So now you had Jews coming from Rome, you had them coming from Greece, you had them coming from everywhere. Mm -hmm. See, now they were devout men. If you know anything about uh, devout nations, is they never leave their own language, their native language. See, they just adapt and adjust themselves to the language of wherever they're at and the people they're trying to communicate with. Read. Mm -hmm. Sixth verse. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, I'd say they were confounded. Now, I used to think the same thing. Say, well, all the guys, all the people there were from Greece. Well, they heard them talking in Greek and they heard the Romans talking in, in Italian and they heard the, the, the Polynesians talking in the Hawaiian language or Asian, some type of Asian language or something like that. And Dr. Kenny clarified that and said that they were all spoke in Hebrew because now watch. See, we know that proper names do not change. Mm -hmm. So when they're talking to those other devout Jews, they're talking about Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua the Messiah you do not translate a proper name. So those are the original true Hebrew names of the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. So even if they were from Greek, they were listening, they understood what they, they understood because even if you only knew Greek, if you wanted to talk about Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, you had to use those names and titles. There's no conversion into a Greek uh, Iliad that stood for Yahweh. You can't change a proper name, see, or a proper title for that matter. See, so that every man heard them in his own language. And that's the only language that you can speak talking about Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua Messiah. Those, those are Hebrew names and Hebrew words, and they don't change. And they haven't changed over all the years. So it's very interesting that uh, something as simple as that, Yahweh had to re reveal to me from what Dr. Kenley said after I pondered with it a while. That is pretty simple because uh, what's in that book is not wrong. Now, the problem with the book is, is we misinterpret it. See, we look at it, to, we try to make it, and in reality, what we do, folks, is we try to make that book fit our beliefs. And in reality, that book is not 
designed to fit your belief. Mm -hmm. That book is designed so that you come to the proper understanding of Yahweh and his purpose as it really is and actually exists. The problem is, is you always had mankind tinkering with that book, trying to make it so it fits his beliefs. See, so now, now you got all these changes. You take the same book and you take it to a different country or a dis different custom or a different understanding and it says something entirely different. Makes no sense at all. That's why most people say, I don't, I don't read that Bible because it just confuses me. Or people say, I don't read that Bible, it's just contradictory. And if, and if you don't use the proper names, it is contradictory. I want you to get me where, and I'm just gonna be empty. I know everyone's heard this before, but these are the kind of things that have, that it's part of your foundation that allows you to stand and that you're not easily swayed with some uh, in-depth, big word using uh, individual that's maybe more educated than you and knows bigger words and things like that, and maybe it's more connected in the world. You're not easily swayed by credentials and uh, titles mm -hmm. because it's the simplicity. The simplicity of the gospel is what has anchored you because now they can't fool you with this uh, uh, two or three or four different creators. See, now they can't fool you with that thing in Genesis. I see the Genesis talks about two creations. No, absolutely not. Now, we could not say that before we sat in front of this vision of revelation. And I don't think any of us could say that because my attitude personally was before coming into this class and sitting in front of this vision, see, and having the Yahweh's purpose explained to me the same way he explained his purpose to Moses. See, I thought, see, that everybody was equal in the world. See, everybody had a right to go to heaven just as much as the other person. And you had your way to get to heaven and I had my way to get to heaven. We'd all meet up there and we'd all be happy and jump for joy and then white robes and uh, too bad for the people that don't like white or think they don't look good in white, that's tough. See, that's what I thought. And it's erroneous doctrine, folks. And here's the thing about it. When we bring that stuff up in class now sometimes, you know, what our prior situation was when it comes to worshiping our creator as it really is and actually exists, it appears to be funny. We'll often laugh. And some people may be offended by that, but we're not laughing. We're not laughing because we're making fun of somebody that still doesn't know the difference between God and Yahshua doesn't know the difference between Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. Don't understand that those three are one. See, we're not making fun of people that have, because we all did the same thing. All of us had God being the big boss, Lord being second in command, and Jesus being a little flunky to run around and do whatever they told him to do. See, we all thought like that in one way or another at one time or another. And what Yahweh has done, he has gathered us together, see, and washed you, just cleanse your carnal mind and your imagination. Just washed it right away. See, and Yahshua accomplished that by hanging on this cross and taking all of our ignorance. 
You see, the Old Testament is fulfilled. All of our ignorance, the Ten Commandment law. See, see those scrolls there? All of those things that are on those scrolls are things that we did for righteousness because we totally, absolutely misunderstood the purpose of the law that Yahweh brought down and gave to those children of Israel. They thought it was for their righteousness. Now go over in, in uh, Exodus and get where it talks about where Yahweh gave them that law for their righteousness if they could keep it. See? So that's what they thought. They thought that now if we keep this law, then Yahweh's going to be pleased with us. And I know everybody knows exactly where I'm going with this. But we, as often as we rehearse these things, the more likely we are to be able to understand not just what that, that is rehearsed, but it'll bring something back to your remembrance and it'll straighten something else out you still didn't fully understand by just talking about the same basic things that you say, I've heard that a thousand times. Let me get up and go get a drink of water. Because what it does, see, it's the repetition of the preaching of the truth from Yahshua the Messiah that he delivered unto the sons. See, that's what cleanses you. You and me do not have the capacity to correct our own erroneous understanding, impressions, and thought process that enters into our mind and in our hearts every day. We don't have the ability to change that. And some of us still struggle with that. We all still struggle with that because that devil's in your ear all the time. See, so there's often times that I find myself saying something disparaging about someone that was absolutely unnecessary to be said. And I'm not talking about saying it to someone else. I'm saying saying it in my own head. Now they know they shit ain't got no business doing that. You know they look like they lost that. That ain't none of my business in reality. See, and they, they're relying on the same thing that I'm relying on. And that is that the Holy Spirit might move you. See, to have a desire to want to know your creator as he really is and actually exists. And now he has to give that to you. Because most of us walked around here all our lives trying to figure out just what our purpose was. And it was very a relief to me to come to understand what your purpose is, and that's tough. Worship, honor, and obey your creator. That's why you were placed here on earth. See, that's why Yahweh put you through what he put you through, so that you come to realize that you need a savior. Then he turned around and won up that. He revealed himself, the true savior, to you. Now, what else do you want? Mm -hmm. yeah, you want some money to go along with it? He can give you that too if you just got to have it. So you want some accolades to go along with it for your intellect, your good deed, or your great disposition and attitude? 
See, all of that's a gift of Yahweh. We don't have the ability to, uh, we do not possess the ability to cultivate that in ourselves. The difference between the, a son of Yahweh and a son that's out in the world is what is in you. Yahshua placed his spirit in you, then you can act right. If Yahweh lets you succumb to the wiles of the adversary, you're lost. And nobody's going to fix the devil but Yahshua the Messiah. And that's a fixed fight, so the conclusion has already come. And I remember the times when I first got in this teaching, before I understood much of the things that I understand now, I always thought the things were going to get better. And I'm uh, when I was first in this class, I didn't like hearing about things are going to get worse. People get on the phone and say, hey, no, I don't know what you're worried, what you're thinking about. Things are going to get worse. They ain't getting any better. And that used to, I didn't like to hear that. I thought it was uh, made people depressed unnecessarily. But it, it was the truth. We had to come to realize that. Now we're living that exact thing. We are living where every day, every single day, something is heard or said or done that is atrocious. And it's so now we're almost afraid to watch the news, aren't we? Because we're afraid of what we might hear and we're afraid of where we may hear that it happened at, which was even worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, we are living what Dr. Kinley explained. And listen, he saw in his vision and revelation, Yahweh gave that to him to give to us so that we could prepare ourselves see, for what is to come, that we can spiritually, psychologically, and socially remove ourselves from this world. Mm -hmm. Because if we're unable to do that, then we're just going to suffer along with the folks in the world, worried about their investment, See, worried about their positions, worried about the wealth they've got coddled away, <clears throat> worried about if somebody finds out they're a liar and a thief. <clears throat> See, worried about the, those are the things that we'd be warning about, running around trying to cover up and, and uh, hide from our neighbors instead of just going and confessing because we know within ourselves that we were absolutely not worthy of receiving this gospel. It was a free gift, unearned, unmerited favor. That's what grace is. Now you are under the grace of Yahshua Messiah and you're under his grace through this vision and revelation that was given to our father. You have that scripture I asked for in a moment. Go that none. I know I don't yeah. have I believe that's uh, Deuteronomy 6, and I'll start at 24. Okay. And Yahweh commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear Yahweh our Elohim, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive, as it is, excuse me, as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before Yahweh our Elohim, as he hath commanded us. Right. Now, that's right in your book. Now, I never knew that was in there. 
And to tell you the truth, the first couple of times I heard heard it read, somebody referred to it, didn't do, didn't do much for me. Because I still had a lot of Episcopalianism scrambled up in my head. <laughs> At least I tried to hold the parts that I liked. Um, so it took a while, it took a repetitious presence sitting in front of this teaching and having somebody expound in the many aspects of it, the deep esoteric things and the simple common sense things that were brought up, that all came together to make a beautiful cake, something that you could dine on and enjoy that was tasty. And that is the understanding and the appreciation of what Yahshua accomplished and how Yahweh the Father in his infinite wisdom and mercy allowed us to receive the truth as much as we may have fought and struggled to get it. But if you're present here, if you are listening to these broadcasts, and you are listening, watching these charts and hearing the explanations of them, and you're not shrugging them off, even the things that you don't understand, then Yahweh has placed that in you that you might be saved. He didn't place it in you for you to corrupt it. So take it to heart, brothers and sisters. See, and we know now that that law See, that was given was not given for us to save ourselves. It was given to point up the fact, see, that we needed a savior. Just like that, that law, I was thinking about that yesterday. Just like uh, that law of circumcision. Now, that's just as simple and plain, and nobody can refute that. I don't care how much theology school you've had. You cannot refute that that law was given and Yahweh said that it'll be for their salvation if they can keep it. Now, it was impossible to keep it because the law said that that was on that same law that's on that scroll next to, on this chart to the left. That's what that scroll is, all those laws and ordinances, not just the Ten Commandments. You, as you see, the Ten Commandments is just a part of that chart. But one of the laws that was given was the law of circumcision, that when a child was born, he had to be circumcised the eighth day. Now, if he wasn't circumcised on the eighth day, then that means you broke the law. And if you broke the law, the consequences of that was death. But since Yahweh knew you could not keep that law, then what Yahweh did was he gave you a way out. He allowed you to bring a sacrifice, which is typical of Yahshua the Messiah. He allowed you to bring a sacrifice so that sacrifice would die or that innocent sacrifice, which did absolutely nothing. A little lamb out here chewing on grass, running and playing with his mom, and you go in there and get him and kill him. See? So that you might live. See, so something innocent died so that you might live. And that's picturing Yahshua Messiah. So the eighth day comes up and the eighth day falls on the Sabbath. Another law was the law of the Sabbath. You could do no work. You couldn't even go out and get food to eat. You had to gather it the day before. 
so that you did nothing on the Sabbath day. And these people, and listen, you have natural born Jews now that are still trying to keep that Sabbath day law. They don't drive cars. They, 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 I used to sell appliances for a living. They would come and look for appliances that had no electronics in it. They did not even a clock because nothing could be working on the Sabbath. They couldn't use any modern convenience. They couldn't open the oven door on the light inside turned on so you could see what you're doing. That's how drastic they were with it. See? So that was the Sabbath day they had that. So now here you have a child that's born on a Friday. Now, Saturday was the Sabbath. Sunday was the beginning of the week. We got it backwards. We got it. Sunday's the last day of the week. So you have a child that's born on Friday. So seven days from that, I mean, uh, eight days from that, which you had to have that child circumcised on the eighth day, falls on the Sabbath. Darned if you do, darned if you don't. So now what happens if your child is born on the seventh? You had to go out and prepare to get you a sacrifice because you are going to have to keep one law and break another law. So then you took that sacrifice that died in your stead. So Yahweh knew and had no intentions of you trying to keep that law. And the world out here is still struggling spiritually, psychologically, committing suicide, damning themselves uh, because they're frustrated by not being able to keep that law. And it's just as simple as this. You, it never was intended for you. Your so-called sweet Jesus never intended for you to keep that law. Absolutely knew you couldn't. And you're still running around here trying to make people think you're keeping it. We know you're not. You don't have to explain that to us. You don't have to confess to us. We know you're not keeping the law. It's impossible. And here's the good thing about it. It's never intended for you to keep it. Let it go. I see the bell. Let it go. Take a break. Chill out. Help yourself. Cure yourself mentally and psychologically. Right. It's not because you're a rotten, no-count, desperate. Yahweh is using that law to teach you something about him and what he's accomplished. Mm -hmm. And those of us that he has allowed and blessed us with being able to accept that and recognize that has given us a certain amount of freedom that the world does not have. Mm -hmm. And that freedom that we have is the fear of death. We are no longer, we're free from the fear of death because we know and understand that when we take off this physical body, that's just the beginning. That's not the end of anything. See, now you start to go home from where you come. And everybody eventually wants to get back home, don't they? That's naturally so. So I just uh, wanted to say a few words of encouragement and, and to let us know and that we keep in our forefind that Yahweh's got us. Mm -hmm. Yahweh's got us through Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important that we keep that in the front. I don't care what the world is doing to you what the world is throwing at you, what the world's trying to make you look like. Mm -hmm. Do not surrender. This is a temporal situation. Mm -hmm. 
It's a temporary situation you're in, and Yahshua shows you that all the time because as soon as you're down, see, or you're in a death state, then Yahshua resurrects you, even in this natural, physical life. So that's just an example of what's going to happen in the life of the Spirit. So if anybody got anything out of it, all praises to Yahweh through Yahshua Messiah, our brother and Savior. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. We really enjoyed that. And that does include our lecture for this evening. We want to once again thank all our speakers and our participants for joining us. We are always happy to see you. And we wish that Yahweh keeps you in his mercy and his grace. We will not, in OT, have an in-person class this Sunday. We will have an in-person class the next Sunday. And I believe that is the... 26, yes, the 26th. So this Sunday, the 19th, we will not have in-person class. We will have class on Zoom. And we hold our classes here on Zoom, Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m., Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And may we all bow in our hearts and minds and give a moment of reverence to our Savior, Yahshua, through the doxology. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua, the, the Messiah, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.